0: welcome to conservative Patriot Nation new members and returning members today we have one of the biggest best black conservative voices very powerful caught my attention and uh, anyone that is exploiting the Democrat plantation is a winner in my book <laughs> and Kim I must say that your campaign ad oh my goodness it, it was fire and um I'll say it right now. I know you won. Uh, We see all these election fraud taking place throughout our country, and and I know you won. I know people like Jerome Bell and many others have won. Um, They don't want real strong leaders and voices in any leadership role in our country. But uh, God is definitely going to win. And Kim, thank you for joining us.
1: No, thank you so much for having me. Um, You know, I know Jerome Bell actually very well. He's he's part of my pack, Red Renaissance, and. You know, it's, uh, it was, you know, a little hard to take in the results the last time around. You know, we had more mail-in ballots than actual voters in our district. But uh, I think, you know, people are now taking precaution. I, I don't know how much we're doing statewide to make sure there's less fraud. Uh, unfortunately, in Maryland, we don't have a, we have a Republican governor, but he's kind of Republican in name. So uh, he hasn't taken many precautions, but I'm hoping that we're not going to do the unsolicited mail-in ballots uh, this next time around, and and hopefully that will help us moving forward.
0: Most definitely, yeah. the mail-in ballots was uh, they used that to their advantage in my state as well. I'm from uh, Wisconsin. I'm originally from Milwaukee, but I moved out of there when I was 16, and it's no different in Baltimore, especially with the crime and everything else. And um, unfortunately, I mean, God is good, and Trump. President Trump is good as well because it's it's helping patriots like myself and others realize a lot of these rhinos and and (laughs) GOP members that we thought were patriots. We're starting to see their true colors. And and it's just wonderful to have some grassroots patriots like yourself, Jerome Bell, Sandy Smith, Lens Piper, Loomis and and many others um, that are boots on the ground, you know. Um, seriously I really appreciate you guys so much
1: thank you yeah you know Sandy she's in our she's in our pack too Uh, you know that's kind of what we we look for Uh, obviously America first candidates pro Trump, pro-constitution and those that are willing to work you know if you're not willing to get out there and knock doors and talk to people every single day uh, it's not gonna work out and so for us you know it's something that we like to push um, with our pack, we, we bring in volunteers back doors. Uh, we had people in Virginia, and New Jersey, this last time around, uh, we did flip a couple school board seats, uh, in Virginia, we had Mike Cherry take, uh, district 66 and then, uh, AC Cardoza in district 91 down in Virginia beach. He flipped that seat. Uh, so, you know, in Virginia, they flipped the delegation. So we were very happy about that. Uh, but moving into the midterms, you know, we have, uh, five candidates in New Jersey alone. Uh, I think New Jersey's really about to flip red. I know it sounds crazy because no one would think that that's a swing state, uh, but there are a lot of people there that are fed up uh, just as much as they're fed up in Virginia. So uh, I think New Jersey's going to be the state to watch uh, in the midterms.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, it sounds like a red wave with the equivalent of the Renaissance, the Red Renaissance. Um, I think we can all see that red wave coming. People are tired. They're fed up. Even people that just thought they were liberal and thought they were Democrat are—they're leaving. They're leaving the ship, and they're looking for more patriotism, patriotic people that are just real and genuine. I, I think everybody across the board is just tired of these phonies, these fakes, and these people that are just trying to pack power and wealth. You know
1: no absolutely and you know that's why we got to push term limits that's another thing that we have with our pack you you got to do term limits i mean this these seats were never made for people to sit there their entire lives and die you know in those seats and so we've got to do something about that you know in baltimore a seat i ran for uh congress elijah cummings passed away and that's why it was it, it came available but he was there for 30 years and then prior to that the guy that beat me Kauai Cienfume, was in that seat Uh, from, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. So, you know, they're they're trying to hold on to these seats, hold on to the power. I think that's a good way for them to cover up the corruption as well. Uh, You know, when they're just passing the seats back and forth between each other. Um, And just so everybody knows, that's that's why I ran for that federal seat. Uh, We've had a lot of federal funding go missing, uh, millions upon millions of dollars. And, uh, you know, it's gone somewhere. And uh, I'd love to just open the books and and figure it out and then put the money where it's supposed to go uh, once in that seat. Uh, we have a lot of crime and violence in Baltimore, uh, which isn't unique to any inner city. Uh, we have uh, the highest per capita murder rate right now. It's 10 times the national average. And uh, you know, we could do something. Just this past week alone, we had five children, and I say children, these are teenagers under the age of 15 that were shot and killed in our city. So we gotta do something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Same here in Milwaukee. Um, The last six, seven years, there's been babies getting shot from straight bullets. I mean, there's been people ransacking houses and just killing the little kids and everybody in it. There was an African-American parole officer that was taking her son to test drive. And a guy hit him from behind and she just gets out the car like, you know, like, what's the deal? Just imagine her with 15, 16 year old son sitting in the car and the man just shoots her point blank right then and there. Um, That's how bad the crime is in Milwaukee, just like in Baltimore. And uh, unfortunately, these are Democrat ran cities with some rhinos that are hiding in the background. No, you're
1: absolutely right about that. And um, I'm hoping that. You know, we'll take a turn and, and, you know, do something, even if it's not 22, you know, really pushing that turn in 24. Um, You know, when we talk to people in Baltimore City, and this is something I didn't even think about until I talked to a woman just yesterday. She said, you know, gas prices are going up. You know, you see inflation. She said, my groceries are going up. She said, you know, what hasn't changed is my child support. She says, so now I'm I'm paying more, which I know for a fact, even just this past month, you know, we're up 6.2%. Um, but you know, she's like, I'm paying more and I'm not getting more assistance. And she said, And I just, you know, I don't know how long I can continue this. And so I think people are really starting to pay attention at this point.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, um, for people to wake up they almost, you know, have to feel the pain a little bit to open their eyes because many people been complacent, you know, and and, and unfortunately, you know, I'm half black, Cicerean and Polish and You know, I'm glad that God has allowed me to see the matrix that's in the inner city, that uh, these evil Democrats and Republicans, they work together, um, the rhinos. They took away the jobs in the black community, which like in the 80s used to be a lot of successful middle-class black families. And all the manufacturing companies are vacant and now they're turning them into condos. Well, they want to keep that illusion to where An inner city child doesn't realize at one point, many of people worked at that factory. And so they took the jobs away by sending them down south, Mexico and China. And they definitely like dumbed down the school system. I mean, I don't know since I was young how often I heard in all these different inner cities to where I realized, okay, this just isn't Milwaukee about the grade point average. You know, and, and that's by design, because with no job, no education, and then you let the, the Arabs and the, the Chinese buy up most of the businesses up in the, in the inner city. Well, I know it's like that in Milwaukee. There's crime that's going to create a criminal, an educated person and a person that has a job. They're not thinking about selling drugs or going in the streets and doing nothing chaotic. So it's all by design. I mean, you know, and people say, "Well, they can go get it." Well, let me tell you something. They got Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King. That that's not that's not going to help them survive. And like, what what disappoints me with a with a bunch of, you know, um, my black people, is they say, "Oh, we got to stop taking our money and 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 not keeping it in the hood." And I'm like, you know, and I told a family member, I said, "Listen." You can keep it in the hood, but who are you going to give it to? I mean, those Arabs are going to send that money back to their country and the Chinese. They're not investing in your community. What we need to do is demand a better education and more job creation so then we can come back to the environment and build it back up, you know, and and it's just sad that a lot of people can't see that. And now you've got these radical <laughs> evil people pushing BLM on the streets And it's further indoctrinating the minds of of the people.
1: No, I completely agree. I mean, you articulated well there. And you're right, you know, where I think this whole race, you know, topic that we have 24-7 is just a distraction. Um, And, you know, here in Baltimore, 41% of the Baltimore City High School kids have a 1.0 GPA or lower. Uh, Only 16% of our fourth graders can read and nine out of 10 black boys cannot read on grade level. And so, yes, it's a crazy, chaotic environment. A lot of people are in survival mode and, uh, you know, I guess at that point you don't blame them, right? What else are we gonna do is go, then go to the streets. Um, but yeah, it's, it's by design for
0: sure. Absolutely. So I know you got a little short time with us, you know, and um, with much success, there's always haters out there. So I like to get to know Kim Klacik, So. If you can just tell us who is Kim Klasek and a little bit about the Renaissance movement, and then we can get to Q and do I don't wanna to take too much of your time up. I know you're a busy person.
1: No, I appreciate that. Um, so I started a, a nonprofit uh, about that was in 2013. I had it for about eight years and uh, we were doing workforce development in Baltimore city. So we were getting the women employed coming out of rehabilitation, homelessness, and uh, incarceration. And so I was trying to work alongside with the, you know, City Hall's uh, career centers that they have across the city. And I just noticed there were just a lot of obstacles, right? It's like, you know, no, there's not many careers to begin with, but even the ones that we were applying for and trying to work with City Hall with, it just always seemed like there was something, right? There was another hoop to jump through. And so I started really looking into it and uh, I don't know if people noticed, but our our former mayor, Mayor Catherine Pugh, she was indicted for pay to play. Uh, The job training centers that we were trying to work with were actually raided by the FBI and it all kind of came together and made sense. Uh, You know, it was just basically a shill, right? They were there taking in money, uh, basically the federal grants and then divvying it up, you know, between her friends and those nonprofits that were trying to take advantage of it. So they weren't really there to get people employed and so you know, just continuing to dig, understanding the illegal dumping, understanding all the money that was coming into the city. Uh, I started taking uh, videos in 2019 of what uh, all the trash piling up and the rat infestation looked like. I ended up going on Fox News, talking about it. And, you know, President Trump happened to be watching and uh, he retweeted the video, started talking about it. And that's when him and uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings went back and forth on Twitter about it. Um, but everybody that I interviewed in those videos were black. And it was interesting because CNN, MSNBC, and so many other networks were saying, you know, Trump, for him is say rat infestation and all these other things, they said, oh, he's so racist to use that language. But really, he was repeating verbatim what a lot of people in those interviews were saying. Um, and so, you know, to blame him and to do that whole media spin, I think that's the first time I really realized how Fake news worked. And, uh, you know, within a month, that's when Congressman Elijah Cummings passed away. Uh, and I was like, you know what? If I'm going to talk the talk, I should walk the walk. I ran the special election. Uh, we did win the primary. Of course, we didn't win the general. I ran the general election, which was right after that because of the way the timing worked out. Uh, and then by August, we ended up being approached by Benny Johnson uh, over at Turning Point. And he's the one that came up with the idea for the video uh, walking down the street and just pointing out the problems. And uh, I honestly, all honesty, I had no idea that video was going to go viral. I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, this is so lame. You know, (laughs) it's literally me walking down the street. Uh, but you know, for some reason it did, I think at that time, people were just looking to hear the truth. I don't think people realize what Baltimore city looked like. And, uh, I think, you know, with president Trump and all his support and all the supporters across the country. Uh, maybe even in this uh, chat, you know, there were just people that were like, look, this is what's going on in our inner cities, and we want to make a change. Uh, oftentimes, we see Democrats kind of coming in on, on red state territories, uh, but we don't really see a lot of Republicans moving into blue territories. And so I think we need to change that. Uh, and that's the only way we're going to chip away and start winning. Uh, I don't believe in unwinnable districts. I think every seat should be contested. Uh, you know, you don't win them unless you try. Uh, and so that's why we're just going to continue forward with Red Renaissance, our pack, We're supporting 23 congressional candidates across the country. Some of them are in an R plus uh, five, like uh, Teddy Daniels in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, I know Sandy Smith, she's going to do well in North Carolina. And then some of them are in, you know, D districts like I was in. And that's like Darius Mayfield uh, in New Jersey, Billy Prempe in New Jersey. Uh, Alex Stovall in Arizona, Willie Monahue in Orlando, uh, Carla Spaulding. Actually, her district's going to look really good after redistricting. Uh, but, you know, these are people that are running in their communities that are just fed up, and they know their community. And so people know them there. And, uh, you know, we're just excited to see what happens. Uh, these are people that have been working on the ground for, you know, months, some of them even over a year. And so we're just really excited about that.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you. Uh... And what you're doing with a lot of these uh up and coming runners that's going to replace the evil and there are there good some good people like we had sandy smith on and and she's the real deal and um all i gotta say the reason why that video went viral because it was some real and 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 excuse my french people it was some real ass shit. like people that lived in them environments could absolutely relate to what you were exposing. And in 2020, people wanted change. And and that's why I know Trump won, you won, and a lot of other people won that uh, it doesn't show with a rigged system, but people wanted change and people want change. And and now people want more patriots that are real about operating and listening to the people and, and just... Being someone that is going to represent the people and, and not take power and wealth. Because we got into this mess with people taking power and wealth and, and forgetting about the people. And um, I can't say enough. And I, I watch everything that you guys do with the Red Renaissance and the people that you are helping coming up. And uh, I'd just like to let you know, to let them know if they want to come here and be a voice, I would absolutely love to bring them on and um, don't stop doing what you're doing. And I appreciate you, Kim.
1: I appreciate that. I Thank you so much. I will definitely let them know.
0: Most definitely. Um, so since we got you for a couple more minutes here, uh, would you like to get into Q&A? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: All right, if anybody has a question for Kim, if you press the middle button, we can see your hand raised. And uh I'll start off with you, Kelly. Kelly Eagle.
2: Hey, I didn't um I pressed it earlier. I honestly didn't mean to, but I will say keep fighting the good fight. It's um amazing that you're on here talking to us. You know, we're all here together to fight for the same cause. And um, I just appreciate your work. Thank you.
1: No, thank you, Kelly.
2: I mean, obviously, you guys are all here
1: because you all care uh, just as much and even more than I do, I'm sure. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate the invite coming in here today, too, as well.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And uh, I like to say, as we get to questions, I see a lot of hands coming up now. Um, if there's any um, hater raid, your mic will be muted. Um, just want to make that clear, cause we're shaking them haters off, and we're definitely shaking off Satan. Amen. Boo boo, you are up next.
2: Hey Kim, how you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Okay, so as you can probably um, work out, I'm from across the pond, and basically, what you're doing at the moment with the fight that you're doing for. Not just America, but the rest of the world, we appreciate it. We really appreciate it, and I can identify with what you're you you're up against something that's ten times worse than than anything that we ever did. but when we did Brexit and we went up against the european union the um the the British public decided that they didn't want to actually be part of the new world order, um, either on a subconscious or a conscious basis. We know this is good against evil, but they did everything in their power to try and put us down and they lost. So there is hope because you can beat it. And you've got the world sitting there waiting. And and literally, we got the pom-poms out. And we are, we are rooting for you. So keep up the good work and do not let them take you down.
1: Wow, thank you so much. Um, that's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Brexit was huge. I mean, we were all watching. I'm, I'm sure you know that. Um, it is a lot. You know, you do feel like you're going up against a machine that you, you can't beat. Um, but you got, you know, you can't give up. I think that's what really pushed me to to form the pack. I think when you have, you know, just a, a stronger, larger team, right, I think it's easier you feel like it's a, a lot easier to go up against uh, something like the Democrat machine. Um, I'm hoping that we all end up on, on Capitol Hill. That way we can all fight for the people and not just toe the party line when it's convenient for the party. Um, just so people know, I, I, I'm not a fan of the establishment on either side. Uh, The RNC didn't really support my run at all. And, uh, you know, I understand it's a D plus 30 district. So it was a a tough fight. But at the end of the day, you know, either you care about the people or you don't. And so, you know, that's why we're so happy to have President Trump's support. I think he understood what we were up against. And, uh, you know, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep going. Um, I say all the time, sometimes it feels like the chips are down here in the U.S., but You know, we were in this position before, uh, back in 2008. We didn't have the House or the Senate or even the White House, you know, as when Obama won. And uh, we still were able to come back strong by uh, getting the House and the Senate back and then, of course, getting President Trump. So, you know, I just say we got to keep hope alive and, and continue to fight. So thank you.
2: You're welcome.
0: All right. For the win, if you have a question, you're up next. Sorry about that. Okay, trade. Hey Kim, so I got a question for you. Um, you know, I'm not too familiar with your work and everything, but you know, I, I just get a lot of rumblings from all sides and everything. And my question for you here is is where does the train stop for you? Is it just with the House of Representatives or do you want to go further? Where where do you feel like your political career is gonna rest at the end of the day?
1: Uh, thank you for the question. Uh, for me, you know, I think anybody that gets in this, they always want to go further. I I would hope, right? Um, you know, of course, I want to end up in the House. And uh, for me, you know, well, in my mind, less government is more, right? So I don't know if it's really sponsoring legislation or, or really trying to dial things back a little bit. Um, but, you know, if one day I can end up going uh, to the White House or anything, you know, in that manner, even if we're, you know, serving, uh, you know, in a department alongside uh, a great person in the White House, that's fine. Um, you know, it's it's all about doing what's necessary, I think, at the end of the day. You know, I, I just kind of go with, you know, wherever it's taking me, right? If, if the House isn't in my cards, that's fine. You know, I'm in Maryland, uh, you know, running statewide, sometimes best for a Republican. Uh, could I end up in the Senate? Sure. You know, um, I just want to get to a place where I can really affect change. I think there is uh, a lot of people really suffering, as we were talking about earlier. You know, it's not just Baltimore City. There are many areas uh, that we don't really hear about in the state of Maryland and then, of course, across the country that are really suffering. Um, so if I end up over part of uh, Department of Education, I think that would be great. Uh, we see a lot of money going to education. You know, here in Baltimore, we are the third highest per pupil spending in the entire country. Uh, and these kids aren't being educated, and so there's got to be some accountability. Uh, and if I can be that person to make sure there is accountability or transparency, uh, then I will do that for sure.
0: I like the foreshadowing there.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it.
0: All right, Truth, you're up. Thank you,
3: thank you, thank you. Um. Um, Patrick, Mike, and it's good to hear you, Ms. Kim. Um, I do have a question. I, however, want to preface it by saying um, thank you for your courage. Um, thank you for exposing um, the problems with the politicians who come beg for our vote every two years or four years and only to um, have cities in the condition in Baltimore. Um Was in as you highlighted. So thank you so much for that. Again, thank you for your courage. Um, I wanted to say that when you talked about the buildings and the conditions of the cities and the the businesses that were there, the middle class, you know, back in the 70s in the city where I came from in California and many cities across this country, we had businesses like Wonder Bread and, you know, potato chip factories, Del Monte, you know, carnation ice cream. And we had businesses that Ultimately, back in the '80s or '90s, just took off and ran across the country or out of the country, and um, so it took a lot of jobs. And so, yes, the, the the cities have suffered, you know, with homelessness and lack of education, quality education. They used a lottery system, you know, buying lotto tickets to, you know, fund schools, but then they favored maybe the schools that were in the suburbs. So my question to you is, how do you or how do you anticipate outside of Holding people accountable for the education of our children with the resources that should be directed to the schools, and looking at um, you know seniors in high school only able to read at a fourth grade level, how do you propose uh, solving that problem of um, bringing up? Um, on a on not just for Baltimore, but if we look at the picture as a whole for all of our children across the country to be able to read, read at grade level, no matter where they are, whether it includes tutoring or how do you see us solving that problem when it comes to the education and the grade levels and the, the, the quality education that all of our children need?
1: No, thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for the question. Um, I think our teachers unions are, are really holding us back. Um, if you want, you know, the truth straight up. Um, I would, I, I guess I would say not dismantle them completely as, as, in a way that I can, but they are holding our children back. Uh, but I would also offer something like school choice, right? These schools need competition at the end of the day. And if we could take some of that federal funding and, and federally fund some charter schools, uh, I know for us in Baltimore city, we have I think uh, four charter schools that are doing amazing. Uh, and those are where the kids are actually learning. And uh, I think giving them competition and really investing uh, in some of our, you know, other areas, you know, not all kids are going to go off to college. As you mentioned, some of those jobs that we used to have, you know, manufacturing was big also in Baltimore. Uh, I talked about bringing back, um, you know, the billion dollar medical equipment industry back to the the Baltimore port when I was running for office as we were depending on other other countries for PPE uh, during the pandemic. And so I think bringing back manufacturing, bringing back some of those jobs, and offering, you know, trade schools and opportunities for our kids to learn other things that, uh, you know, spark their interest. Not every kid, like I said, is going to go off to college. Um, I myself didn't have that college mind, right? I I feel like I would have been better at a trade school, to be honest. Um, And I think, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we don't do one size fits all. I think what really hurt a lot of kids, uh, especially in my generation, was that no child left behind, uh, you know, we definitely need to do away with that because I think there are still schools today that are practicing that method. Uh, and we need to make sure that our kids are being properly educated. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, when you look at Baltimore, it all leads back to the education system, and the fact that our, our people are not educated. And it, it's really sad. Um, but yes, not just holding people accountable, offering competition as far as school choice and charter schools, uh, and then, you know, offering more than you know the average education that we're offering now by implementing more trade schools uh, but that's what i would do starting from day one thank you yeah, thank you
0: hey kim do you have time for three more questions or three questions
1: yeah sure yep
0: faith girl if you faith gal if you have a question it's your it's on you now No, all right. We'll go to one of your biggest fans, John. You are up, John.
4: Kim, so it's a pleasure to be in this chat, speaking with you. Uh, I've lived in the seventh uh, district for most of my sixty-six years. Lived in. Uh, Right now I live in Hunt Valley, been here for 20 years, but I lived in the 21207, lived in uh, Columbia. So I I pretty much stayed in that district, not by choice, but it just seems to work out. I think one of the biggest things I'm hoping... uh, that you will be involved in is when you, someone looks at the districting map for Maryland. You would you want to know if a first grader drew the pictures on there because it makes no sense at all. Yeah. And my question to you is, uh, and then I'm going to stop talking because I could spend days talking to you. Uh, I'm just telling. You, my history has been where you ran, and uh, but my question is, did is there an organized team of people, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, that are actively challenging the whole election process in the state of Maryland, down to the local uh, election committees that are in charge of all the election integrity? Or is Maryland going to be one of the states that does nothing about all of the evidence, overwhelming evidence, that Maryland has been controlled for the last 50 or 60 years in terms of who got into office? So Uh, I was a hands down supporter of you If you go back into your records you can see I'm not just saying that I actually did send money to your campaign but I would like to know if there is any team out there right now, because you should have been in office. There's no way you lost. It's 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 it just it still angers me deep to my soul that the the theft was that blatant. And I'm going to tell you, I said this last night. Anybody that goes in there and looks at the opponent that stole the election from you as part of it, he's a Freemason, and Freemason is a real problem here in the uh, Maryland uh that whole uh he's got it even on his page that he is a proud member of freemasons so uh please i'll stop talking and just if you could answer the question is there an active committee of people out there going after the election integrity of maryland and thank you so much for uh staying in the fight here
1: no thank you john so much thank you for supporting our campaign i really appreciate it um and i understand your frustration trust me i do uh, I could sit here and say that, you know, there's somebody working on it, uh, but I, I have to be honest with you. Uh, I was checking in with Nicole Ambrose. I don't know if you're familiar with her name, uh, but she is the RNC chairwoman here in the state of Maryland. And she told us that there was going to be a group of people that were going to do something about election integrity right after the elections. And uh, she has not produced anything. And uh, we've been, you know, calling her office, trying to figure out what we can do talking to people at the national office and, you know, for them, they look at Maryland as such a a blue state uh, that they don't feel like it's worth their time. Now, as you know, we have Governor Hogan. Uh, We asked him about clearing the voter rolls. We asked him about not having unsolicited mail-in ballots. Uh, We asked him to make ballot harvesting illegal. I don't think people realize that, but it's actually legal here in Maryland. Uh, and he has not budged on any of those things. You know, this is a guy that has a 79% approval rating. Uh, he's a Republican in name, but, you know, as you know, probably many Democrats support him. Um, he actually supported my opponent, and Fume, And we found that out after the fact uh, through that group Change Annapolis. I don't know if you're familiar with them, uh, but they did support Nfume um, because, of course, they're all, you know, shaking each other's hands at the end of the day. So, I wish I could say that there was more being done. Uh, but as of right now, I don't see it happening. You know, we look at the map. Uh, I thought, you know, the non commission that Hogan put together, I think, you know, the maps that they drafted looked pretty good. They were proposed pretty good. And and of course, the Democrats had their own maps that they were proposing. And at the end of the day, the Democrats controlled the General Assembly. Now, we do have Republicans in the court um and and so he appointed hogan appointed some good people but you know is it even going to get that far i don't know uh as you know we have to uh basically decide whether or not we're going to run by february 22nd i don't think any of this was going to be done by february 22nd so uh, as far as i can see district seven is going to have all of baltimore so my district could go from a d plus 30 to a d plus 56 uh which would kill me and so we're just kind of patiently waiting. Obviously, you know I'm not a quitter. We left close to a million dollars in the bank to run again. Uh, you know we're gonna fight as hard as we possibly can. We still have a group that's in West Baltimore and other areas every single day talking to people, knocking doors. Uh, we never really gave up after the election, and uh, so hoping that you know we reach enough people to to get enough votes to push it through. But like you said. You know, if our elections are rigged, I don't know what good it's going to do. So we're kind of just standing by and and waiting just as you are. Uh, But I wish our our Republican governor would step up and do something.
0: All right. Two more for you. Uh, J.W., you're up.
2: Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for answering questions tonight. Um, and I thank you for being a fighter. I have a question. Um, you mentioned the, um, the violent crime issues in Baltimore. What is the atmosphere there with like supporting police, um, or like, you know, are they, are they letting people not giving people, like, are they just letting them out when they arrest them? Kind of like what's happening in New York. Is it similar in Baltimore? Well, thank you uh, so much.
1: Uh, Thank you for that question. Uh, So our police do an an excellent job. Uh, The breakdown, unfortunately, is, of course, we have a progressive mayor, Brandon Scott, and a progressive state's attorney, Marilyn Mosby. And their philosophy is not to take criminals, I guess, seriously, even violent ones. And so we defunded the police in June 2020 of $22 million. Uh, This past June, uh, we refunded the police by $28 million. Uh, And now Governor Hogan is offering $150 million going to police across the state. Um, Unfortunately, when we defunded the police, we had a lot of great police officers retire and uh, leave the force. And so right now we're down 300 officers on patrol. So we don't have enough officers even on the streets uh, to help with all the crime and violence. Uh, But at the end of the day, we have repeat violent offenders on our streets because we have a state's attorney that cops a lot of plea deals and does not prosecute these individuals so you could have somebody that's out on the streets for 11 12 times uh that's already been convicted of stabbing someone armed carjacking you name it um and they do what they call basically a walkthrough right the police will arrest them they'll go down to central booking uh they'll book them uh they could end up you know going to see a judge uh but at the end of the day if the the State's attorney feels like it's not worth prosecuting or she even says it's not a slam dunk to not mess with her numbers. She won't do it. She'll just drop the case. And uh, so we have a lot of people, uh, you know, I guess it's not a lot of people. It's it's not a very small percentage of people doing a lot of the violent crimes, Uh, but they know they can be on the streets time and time again. We have a lot of juveniles that are, you know, caught up in some of the violent crimes. They know that they go very easy on juveniles in Baltimore City. So we have a lot of gangs that are now recruiting juveniles because they usually get a slap on the wrist. And uh, I think that's why we've had so many teenagers caught up in gun violence lately uh, because of that. And so it's unfortunate. The police, you know, their hands are tied. They're still under a consent decree. Thanks to, um, you know, after the riots with Freddie Gray in 2015, the consent decree was put in place. So that's kind of hurting our police as well. Uh, And then on top of that, You've got a, t- a terrible state's attorney and a terrible mayor. So, we're going to hit the record high number of murders this year. Uh, we've already hit three hundred. Uh, number three hundred was actually a five year old. Very very sad. Uh, but it's kind of where where we are right now in Baltimore. It's you know you kind of feel helpless in a way. But thank you for that question.
0: And God bless that young um, child. So and the last question we have vanessa you're up
5: hello miss kim you were absolutely fabulous in those red dresses all the way over here in california you had so many prayers please know that
1: thank you that's one
5: i have two questions and i have a statement because i don't know if you know about it so my first would be the statement if it can help your case with exposing this dirt, there is a website called InfluenceWatch.org. You can look up any of your opponents, any of your people to see what dirt they're involved in. If that helps you bring it to light, so be it under God. Oh, wow. Thank the you. The website is InfluenceWatch.org. I can have Mike send it to you. The first question would be is, are you aware of Merritt Garland's son that works um, and the founder of Panorama Education that's turning it from a logical education to an emotional education? He's the one that's pushing the CRT in the larger states like mine are kind of setting up the platform for it. I was
1: not aware of that. No, I
5: Okay, his name is Zan Tanner, X-A-N. His last name is Tanner. His daughter is involved with a company called uh, Trinity Partners, which is a pharmaceutical uh, consulting firm. And if you look up Trinity Partners, it'll tell you all the nefarious stuff they're planning on doing with everything graphene oxide and MNRA. It's terrifying. I I will definitely look
1: that up.
5: I appreciate that. Okay, so my, my last question would be is I know here in California, and I was explaining this to Mike, We have they have partnered with outside companies, not direct hires from the government in regards to our policing systems in large city areas, San Francisco, San Diego, I believe some parts of Oakland and Los Angeles. Does it affect the police force if, by chance, you may have a designated city or county area, if they're actually a private company outsourced by the government for them to follow um, their role as officers? Hmm.
1: Well, that's a good question. I'd say I don't know the answer to that question. I do not know.
5: Well, I guess what I could do is put it together and then have him send it to you. These are just things I'm wondering if you knew, like even how to research all of these people, Patriots put together um, influencewatch.org. Y'all know how we're good at digging. We just want the truth come to light and how other people can find out. And especially if you're running and fighting the good fight, you need to know your enemy. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. I just didn't know if you have that information to help your cause.
1: No, I I can definitely pass it along. We have people that, you know, run opposition uh, that works on the campaign. Um, You know, we have people that that's that's definitely what they do is try to look up different things on whether it's, you know, my opponent or someone that my opponent working with any of their vendors, things like that. Um, So I will definitely pass that information along. I appreciate it.
5: Well, I just want to see you win. I want to see your face. I want to hear your voice across the living room. You know, (laughs) it's like you give so much hope to the Black community. I'm Hispanic. All my friends growing up were Black. And I love my Black friends so much. They're just so real. And I've got to see them go through and get their degrees in education and medical and legal um, and even being police officers and just seeing them make that change and not wanting and choosing not to fall prey to the marketing Democrat aggression that they're doing to people. And then they're wanting to call race, but yet they're the ones marketing it. They're marketing the divide rather than marketing unity. And seeing someone like you, Kim, is I'm 50, I'll be 51 next month. And I thank the Lord every day that my kids didn't go through the whole technology era where they were forgotten about because a lot of our kids are because of everybody's on-demand life. And it's people like you that's really illustrating how much more we need to get connected with each other and boots on the ground. I thank you for all your efforts. And what I'll do... I'll send my these three points for you so we can order you if it helps you, if it helps your um fellow other people that you're supporting, then so be it. But I mean we just need to get this. We need to get this information out like our governor lights our forest fires and call climate change. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank
1: you so much. No, thank you. I appreciate I appreciate everybody here tonight. Um, I do. I appreciate it. Or just so you guys know, we're not going to give up. You know, we have the exploratory committee out there checking out the numbers, running polls. Like I said, we have people still knocking doors. We're hosting events. Uh, So we haven't really stopped campaigning. I just don't post everything. Um, So we're going to keep going. Uh, You know, it's at the end of the day, I I have a five-year-old daughter. And uh, just like many of you, it's the future of our kids and and even our grandkids or or have you. So we're not going to quit. Uh, We know that the race thing is just a distraction from everything else that's going on. And, you know, we're going to push for what's important and invest in our kids' success moving forward, not all the CRT and everything else. So I'm definitely not going to stop fighting. And I appreciate all of you. I really do.
0: Absolutely, Kim. And I want to say it was an honor. It was a pleasure. Um, You are an admin in this group now. Um, just like Sandy Smith and Lynn's Piper Loomis, because at night we we close the wall so patrols don't take advantage while we're sleeping. So, whatever you need to share, uh, if you have a team that does your social media, have them share it on this wall. Um, information is key in the time that we're in, and whenever you want to come back on, this platform is yours. And uh, I hope you join us another time and. Uh, I'm like tongue twisting because I'm starstruck right now. Yeah, I'm a big fan of you. I'm a big, big fan of yours.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't. Literally, I'm just like everybody in this group. So I appreciate that. I do, and I would love to come back. So whenever I can come back, I will.
0: Thank you, Kim, and thanks for joining us. You have a good yeah. night.
1: Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, you as well. God bless.